Carrillo, and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, May 24th, and we start with local news. One person has died and a second is currently in critical condition following a shooting on Beach Street on the evening of May 22nd, Columbia Police Department officials reported. Columbia Police Department responded to reports of a shooting incident at approximately 6 p.m., according to a press release issued by the department Tuesday morning. While officers were responding, multiple individuals reportedly arrived at area hospitals with gunshot wounds. One of the victims, 19-year-old Thomas Jack Kaiser, was pronounced dead at Murray Regional Medical Center. A second victim, a 19-year-old male whose name has not been released, was flown to Vanderbilt Medical Center in critical condition. Three additional individuals were also treated for non-life-threatening injuries. An initial investigation found that an altercation had occurred between eight individuals who were all known to each other. The altercation reportedly led to the gunfire. 19-year-old Iontis Jamel Miller was arrested for second-degree murder and aggravated assault, leading to death. Miller is currently being held without bond at the Murray County Jail. A court date was not immediately available. Columbia Police Department said additional arrests may be forthcoming, but declined to comment further. Anyone with information is encouraged to contact the Columbia Police Department's Criminal Investigations Division at 931-560-1670. We have some local breaking news this morning. Coach Bobby Sharp has resigned from Columbia Central's football program. Trey Darius Goff is being promoted as interim head coach. The 2010 state championship game MVP is the first African-American head coach in the history of Columbia Central. We'll have more on this as the story develops. Final site plans for the new fire station number four to be located off Duplex Road is currently being considered by Spring Hill City planners. The proposed structure, estimated to cost about $6 million, will include a 17,300-square-foot station along with 44 parking spaces. The Spring Hill Fire Department is currently facing many needs, one being the need for a new station, as well as the need for hiring new firefighters, funds for necessary equipment, as well as pay for current firefighters working overtime. The new 17,023-square-foot station's proposed design, created by Renaissance Group Consulting Firm, will keep the traditional fire hall look and feel, but with many more resources available for staff, as well as office space for Spring Hill Police personnel. This includes individual dorm rooms for staff, four drive-through bays, spaces for training, and an in-house gym. Other features include a commercial kitchen, as well as a conference room that doubles as an emergency, emergency storm shelter. If approved, Fire Station Number 4 is set to be operational by late 2024. James Kelly, representing applicant Renaissance Group, said one of the main issues of this point is in regards to landscaping and fencing around the perimeter. As far as the site's design, Fire Chief Greg Temple said the new station will be of high quality. It will also be founded in honor of former firefighter Mitchell Earwood, who died May 3rd of 2020 while off-duty. His tribute includes an eternal flame that will be kept in a fire pit gathering area in the back. There's going to be an eternal flame that is gas-fed, and that's because one of the things he liked to do was cook out and be with friends, Temple said. So we are encouraging all of our staff, since this is to be a gathering point when people aren't out on calls, to be out in his remembrance, he said. 
Since Monday's planning commission meeting was a work session, no votes were taken on the site plan, but it will appear on the board's June 12th regular meeting. A memorial service was held last week at Pleasant Heights Baptist Church in Columbia to remember law enforcement officers who have fallen in the line of duty. The annual event, which was attended by a number of local officials, Columbia Police Department retirees and family members, was part of National Police Week. Columbia Police Chief Jeremy Alsup spoke on the significance of each law enforcement agency across the country. These stories are unique to each other, each life, each situation, and each loved one left behind, Alsup said. What is not unique about these heroes or their sacrifice is that every one of the fallen knew the risk. They knew the danger their chosen profession presented them every day, but even knowing, every one of them suited up for work on their last day and went out to make a difference, he said. As part of the service, the names of local officers killed in the line of duty were read aloud, including most recently that of Murray County Reserve Deputy Brad Miller. Miller, who served for 19 years, died on assignment last December after a vehicle crashed into his patrol car while he was providing security for a construction detail. Murray County Sheriff Bucky Rowland, along with several other deputies, recently went to the National Memorial in Washington, D.C. to honor Miller. We always want to honor their memory, service, and sacrifice, Rowland said. In total, 18 officers were remembered during the service, including Murray County Sheriff's Deputy John Rush, who suffered a fatal heart attack in the mid-1940s while arresting a suspect. Rowland said it was only recently that the discovery was made. We were able to go back and research that with the Murray County Archives, Rowland said, adding that Rush was also honored on the national and local wall, which was placed in 2018. We also want to honor their memory, sacrifice, and service, he said. Circuit Court Judge Caleb Bayless, who represents the 22nd Judicial District, gave the keynote speech. The legacy of these individuals will never be lost or forgotten, Bayless said. It takes a special kind of bravery to wake up every day and hug and kiss your loved ones goodbye with the realization it could be your last. I can think of no truer definition of a hero, he said. The list of honorees included 18 officers dating back to the first death of Officer Tom Crawford in 1862 and ended with Deputy Officer Brad Miller in 2022. School districts across Tennessee were awaiting Friday the expected release of the first batch of TCAP test scores amid concerns over the state's new third-grade retention law. Officials with the Tennessee Department of Education later stated that districts received the information by approximately 4 p.m. Friday. Murray County Public Schools Communications Director Jack Cobb stated that Murray County Public Schools received its test scores late Friday afternoon. Murray County Public Schools is currently looking at retesting 60% of our third graders for possible retention or needs for tutoring next year, Cobb said via email. Further study of the data from TDOE revised that number to 63%, with 37.5% of Murray County Public Schools third graders scoring approaching expectations and 25.9% scoring below expectations. Murray County Public Schools scored 27.4% of third graders meet expectation and just 9.1% scored as exceeds expectations. Parents were to be notified this week if their child would need to retake the test or attend a summer reading camp. The state's testing window runs from now until June 5th, and Murray County Public Schools is supposed to begin its summer program on June 5th, Cobb said. 
Currently, a state law passed in 2021 will require third graders who score below met or exceeded expectations on the English language arts portion of the TCAP to either repeat the grade or attend a summer reading camp or tutoring program. Lawmakers passed the retention law during a special session aimed at boosting literacy rates after pandemic-related closures. Based on 2022 test results, around 65% of third-grade students statewide failed to score highly enough on TCAP testing to be affected by the new law, to not be affected by the new law, rather. There are several exceptions to the rule for students with disabilities, students who have previously been retained, and students with English as a second language. Students can also take a summer reading bridge camp where they must have 90% attendance and maintain a state-funded tutor during fourth grade to advance. Students can also retake the TCAP test in advance, to advance further. The Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce is excited to announce its highly anticipated annual extravaganza, Experience Spring Hill, the event, presented by Liberty Federal Credit Union. The family-friendly free event will take place on Saturday, June 24th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Summit High School. Featuring over 100 vendors offering a diverse range of products and services, Experience Spring Hill, the event, will showcase the vibrant community of Spring Hill in one convenient location. The event will also offer a plethora of activities to delight all ages, including a -a touch-a-truck display, an exhilarating bounce house, an engaging golf simulator, an exciting video game area, an immersive virtual reality station, lively dance demonstrations from local studios, appearances by beloved famous characters, and a medley of entertaining games with fabulous prizes. Furthermore, the City of Spring Hills Library Police Parks, fire, and administrative services will be present, providing valuable community information on site. Rebecca Melton, the executive director of the Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce, expressed her enthusiasm for the return of the annual Eat, Shop, and Play event. She stated, Our organization's mission is to positively influence the business culture to create a better Spring Hill, and this event allows us to showcase the many local businesses and organizations that embody our mission. Bringing together representatives from the Spring Hill Welcome Center, Visit Franklin, Experience Murray, Visit Columbia, and South Central Tennessee Tourism Association under one roof, a new attraction at the event will be a Tennessee Travels exhibit area, featuring the very best in the area's local tourism, attractions, hidden gems, and adventures. We are thrilled to be the presenting sponsor of Experience Spring Hill, the event, once again this year, said Chris Wagner of Liberty Federal Credit Union in Spring Hill. Participating in this event allows us to connect with and wholeheartedly support the Spring Hill community in a meaningful and impactful way, he said. For further information about the event, you can visit the official website at www.experiencespringhill.com. The African American Heritage Society of Murray County announces a fundraising luncheon for the creation of an African American Museum and Cultural Center in Columbia. The fundraising luncheon is scheduled for Saturday, May 27th at 11.45 a.m. at West 7th Church of Christ, located at 405 West 7th Street in Columbia. Tickets to the luncheon are free, though a $10 donation for the catered lunch is suggested. Funds raised from this event will help establish an African American Museum and Cultural Center in Murray County. Joanne McClellan, president of the African American Heritage Society of Murray County and the current Murray County historian, serves as the featured speaker for this event. Her presentation is titled, Making a Way for Themselves, Faith, Family, Education, and Entrepreneurship, and showcases the courageous stories of African Americans in Murray County. 
The event is co-sponsored by St. Peter's Episcopal Church in Columbia. The Society's vision is an indoor museum space to tell the stories of the struggles and triumphs of African Americans, said McClellan. The exhibits and programming will include stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things to build the African American community by establishing churches, schools, businesses, and benevolent organizations, she said. Other, off- other presenters at the event include Representative Scott Sapicki, the Reverend Father Chris Bowie from St. Peter's Episcopal Church, and Bishop Phoebe Ralph from the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. St. Peter's is delighted to be a part of raising the voices and stories of resilience, success, and influence in the African-American community in Columbia, both before and after the Civil War, said Father Bowie. The experience of the gospel of Jesus Christ has been particularly important to the African-American community in Murray County and has played a vital role not only in religion, but also in education, he said. To register for the event, you can visit www.stpeterscolumbia.org forward slash AAH SMC. Founded in 2012, the African American Heritage Society of Murray County is a nonprofit 501c3 organization whose mission is to preserve the heritage and history of African Americans of Murray County, Tennessee. Meredith's Toy Box is hosting its Barbies and Hot Wheels annual toy drive through May 31st, benefiting Kids Place, a child advocacy center, which serves children and their families affected by abuse in Murray, Giles, Lawrence, and Wayne counties. Drop-off locations include Faith Fellowship Cumberland Presbyterian Church on Wednesdays from 6 to 8 p.m., Columbia Farm Supply during normal business hours, Betty's Parkway Restaurant in Columbia during normal business hours, and online donations can be made at Meredith's Toy Box on the Special Events tab at kpcac.org. The Toy Drive is in memory of Meredith Campbell Bybee. Join Murray Alliance upstairs at Puckett's in downtown Columbia on Wednesday, June 7th at 8 a.m. for Breakfast with Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt, sponsored by Caledonian Financial. This is part of an ongoing Breakfast with the Mayor series. During this event, Murray Alliance President Will Evans will lead an informative question-and-answer discussion with Mayor Butt about the current state of Murray County. To submit a question or topic in advance, you can email nperry, that's N-P-E-R-R-Y, at murrayalliance.com. Tickets are $20 for members and include breakfast. For more information, visit www.murrayalliance.com. The second annual Homestead Festival will be held June 2nd and 3rd in Columbia on Rory Feek's Farm. Combining music and meaning, the two-day affair features musical performances from Rory Feek, Colin Ray, Craig Campbell, and Paul Overstreet, as well as masterclass lectures by prominent homesteading community leaders such as Dr. Temple Grandin, Joel Salatin, Jill Winger, and many others. You can buy tickets by visiting www.hardisonmill.com forward slash the Homestead Festival. The Murray County Democratic Party and the UAW Local 1853 Community Action Program will co-sponsor their 20th Annual Heritage Dinner on Saturday, June 3rd at the UAW Hall, 1853, Local 1853, located at 125 Stephen P. Jokic Parkway in Spring Hill. Doors will open at 6 p.m. for a social hour. Speeches and dinner will follow. The Murray County Democratic Party will welcome State Representative and Tennessee House Democratic Caucus Chair John Ray Clemens and State Senator Heidi Campbell, who is currently a leading candidate for Nashville mayor. The Heritage Dinner is a fundraiser for the Murray County Democratic Party. 
Attendees will network with like-minded Democrats, enjoy music while mingling, and dine together. Tickets are available to anyone who wants to attend. The price is $40 for individuals, $75 for couples, or $300 for a table for eight. They can be purchased through the Murray County Democratic Party website, which is murraydems.org. Tickets include beer, wine, and buffet dinner catered by Golden Weddings and events. Local musician Michael Fair will perform. And now, your hometown memorial, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Francis May Davis Love, 74, a resident of Les Chapel Road in Spring Hill, passed away Saturday, May 20th. Funeral services will be conducted on Wednesday at 11 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, with Terry Jones officiating. Burial will follow in Love Cemetery. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have partly cloudy skies today with a stray shower or thunderstorm possible. The high will be 81 degrees with winds out of the north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect clear skies and a low of around 56 degrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Here we go. Family first. My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 
808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners have the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Hemp-derived cannabinoid products, including Delta 8, will soon be illegal to sell to anyone under the age of 21, as Tennessee Governor Bill Lee has signed a new law to regulate and tax the products for the first time in the state. Since the 2018 federal farm bill broadly legalized hemp-derived cannabinoid products, including those that can produce a high similar to marijuana, the products have been legal to sell and purchase in Tennessee at any age. Federal legalization has led to a boom in the sale of products containing cannabidiol, or CBD, Delta-8 tetrahydrocannabinol, and other hemp-derived compounds, Unlike several other states, Tennessee has not adopted any regulations on the state's $200 million hemp-derived goods industry until last month. Right now, a child could walk into a gas station and buy as much Delta-8 product in gummies or edibles or vapes that they could ever use. And many are overdosing on these products. Not fatal overdoses, but still serious negative medical effects to both children and adults. House Majority Leader William Lamberth told the Tennessean in an interview... Lamberth and Senator Richard Briggs of Knoxville sponsored a bill this year to regulate and tax hemp-derived cannabis products and prohibit their sale to individuals under 21. Now signed into law, it will also require stores to move hemp-derived products behind the counter, establish new product testing and packaging requirements, and impose a 6% state tax on the products. 
Age restrictions, product location requirements, and sales tax will take effect on July 1st, while businesses and government agencies have until next year to implement some other regulations. The new law follows an unsuccessful effort last year by Briggs & Lambert to ban hemp-derived products entirely. There just wasn't enough support there to make this broad range of products illegal, Lambert said. We looked at how could we properly regulate them so that we keep these products away from children, so that adults 21 and up, if they purchase these products, there's good labeling there. There's good testing, he said. During the debate in the legislature, several Democrats argued the state should also legalize marijuana statewide, or if not, that alcohol should also be banned, as it can be more damaging than otherwise legal hemp-derived cannabis products. Despite the arguments, the bill passed with nearly unanimous support in both chambers. Lambert said lawmakers set the age requirement to buy the products at 21 to be consistent with other intoxicating substances like alcohol. A legal sale of hemp-derived products to someone under 21 will be a Class A misdemeanor, punishable by up to a year in jail or a $2,500 fine. The new law will also require sellers and distributors to check proof of age, penalize individuals who try to use fake IDs or help underage people obtain restricted products, prohibit sales and samples of restricted products on streets, sidewalks, and parks, prohibit sale of hemp-derived products within 1,000 feet of any K-12 school, Prohibit retailers from marketing appeals to those under 21, including any ads that feature comic book, video game, television, or movie characters, superheroes, unicorns, or other mythical creatures. And prohibit ingestibles from being formed in the shape of animal or cartoon characters. Proper labeling and product testing is aimed at setting apart legal hemp-derived products from illegal marijuana. It makes it clear that if you have something derived from hemp, it has to have the proper labeling. It has to have the testing. It has to have come from, you know, a legitimate source, Lambert said. That way, when folks are at least buying these products, they'll know that they're not purchasing something that isn't an illegal product. We don't want someone to inadvertently wind up afoul of the law because they purchased a product they thought was legal, and it turned out it wasn't, he said. Currently, there are 421 hemp producers licensed in the Tennessee by the Tennessee Department of Agriculture and more than 2,900 acres of land registered with the department for hemp production. Lambert said lawmakers consulted with business owners in the industry while drafting the regulations. The ones that truly were already doing it the right way, where they refused to sell to minors, they make sure that their products were tested properly and that their customers knew exactly what they were buying. Those business owners were eager to work with us on making sure that we had proper regulations in place, Lambert said. It separated the good from the bad actors. Beginning next year, manufacturers and sellers of hemp-derived cannabis products will require be required to have a valid license issued by the Department of Agriculture. To qualify for a license, producers must follow state regulations, pay a fee of up to $500, consent to reasonable inspection and sampling, and undergo criminal background checks. Individuals are not eligible for licensure within 10 years of any drug-related felony conviction. State agencies will conduct random, unannounced inspections of manufacturing facilities and seize any non-compliant products. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. City of Columbia Parks and Recreation Department is hosting a cardboard boat challenge next month. It will be held at the Fairview Park Pool on Saturday, June 17th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Boats must be made entirely out of corrugated cardboard and duct tape. Boats made of other materials will be disqualified. Boats will be inspected upon entry. Individual races will start at 10.30 a.m. A prize and trophy will be awarded to the first place winner. You can call 931-560-1447 for more details. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.